This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. And I'm an evolutionary astrologer and energy worker and a channel in Tucson, Arizona currently. And actually, uh, I paused because... Um, uh, tomorrow, I'm actually headed to Vancouver, British Columbia, and so my part of my mind is already there, so I almost said I'm in Vancouver. Um, so this show is going to be on a couple of different things. Uh, later on, I'm going to talk about uh, Neptune and Pisces, Neptune in general, and uh, the end of the Piscean Age, which we're in, and the need to connect the need that we have to connect to a greater whole, and then I'll and talking about what we're connected to and how we have a chance now to reorient what that is as we, we edge into the Aquarian Age, which I'll explain later. Uh, first, though, I'm going to talk about another Neptunian experience that I recently had doing mediumship at a local bed and breakfast here in Tucson. Kind of a spirit rescue and release thing, if you're familiar uh, with that term. Essentially, a spirit that's uh, not crossed over or, you know, not, so to speak, into the light or gone to heaven or whatever you might want to call it, uh, who hasn't released an attachment to earthly objects or people or outcomes. And um, I was approached by uh, the guy who owns the bed and breakfast, who was uh, the boyfriend of a friend of my girlfriend's from work. So it was this whole little chain of people. Anyway, he approached me to uh, to come by the place because he knew he had a spirit there that was unhappy. So we're going to get into that, and uh, and I'll talk about that. And I, I love doing that work. I'm going to love telling you about it. First, uh, let me tell you about some announcements. As I said, I'm going to be in Vancouver, British Columbia, the 24th of October, tomorrow, uh, day, or I guess the 23rd, which is tomorrow, until the thir- through the 31st. So the 24th, 25th, and 26th, I'm doing the the Body Soul Spirit Expo at the at the PNE Center. And I'm going to be giving a talk each Friday and Saturday, and then a two-hour meditative energy work channeling heart-opening workshop uh, on Sunday uh, at 11.30 a.m. So there's two talks on that, and then I'm also ha- doing a booth. I'll have a booth, and I'll have about 100 charged crystals with me between Tiger Iron and Red Jasper. And also I'll have some books, and I'll be talking about my work and signing people up for readings. And I'm going to be doing brief readings in the booth, overview readings, kind of like a Soul's Journey soundbite, and also uh, maybe one question answered kind of readings, uh, and uh, connecting with people and uh, just getting to know some people in Vancouver. I'm, I'm really excited about that. And then on the 27th through the 30th, the following four days, I, w- I will be available for private sessions, whether that's astrology consultations or energy work. Um, or both, because I combine them uh, both pretty often. And then also on uh, Monday the 27th and Tuesday the 28th in the evening, 
um, in, in the apartment I'm staying in, I'm going to have a small group channeling event each night with different themes. One of them is uh, individual evolution in this, you know, during these times of intense change. And the other one is um, cleaning up uh, family and relationship issues. So there's actually some overlap in there, but I'm doing those two different topics. Um, and those are small group things uh, that need to be paid for when you're pre-registering. You can contact me at tom at tdjacobs.com to do that. And I'll have a sign-up sheet at the booth uh, for each of those events uh, at the at the uh, Body, Soul, Spirit Expo. The other announcement is if you're in Tucson, Arizona, or the area, on uh, Sunday, November 2nd in the afternoon, I'm going to be doing a heart-opening, playful heart-opening workshop uh, through my meetup group, Shift. And it's going to be at Caritas Healing Center, uh, which you can find out all the details uh, in my blog. Um, and also, actually, you should go to Shift. You should go to uh, meetup.com and then find Shift in Tucson. You can sign up for that. And uh, that's going to be extremely fun. And when I do this for people, they feel like four and a half million bucks at the end. So uh, it's a real it's a real great way to open the heart, clear out energies, but to give you, basically to teach you this tool to open your heart in a way that raises your vibration. We all know that, or at least we're, many of us are learning, that what we experience is a reflection of what we're vibrating. So what I'm doing is teaching you how to vibrate something happier, healthier, lighter, more open, more optimistic, uh, more joyful. So that's Sunday the 2nd from uh, 2.30 to 5 p.m. Uh, here in Tucson. And I feel like there's one other, yeah, there is one other announcement, actually two kind of sub-announcements. <laughs> one is that Soul's Journey sound bites are now available again. In August, I tabled them indefinitely. I just needed to get some stuff clear in my head, do a lot of more uh, chilling work with the uh, Jehudi and Metatron. And now, at least through November and December of this year, uh, they are available. These make great gifts. You can read about them on tdjacobs.com. And uh, people have been asking me about them, and I've just said, you know, give me a couple months. Now they are available. And then the last announcement is that on the radio page, on uh, the Soul's Journey page on tdjacobs.com, which is forward slash soul.html, there is a deal for the Soul's Journey listeners and podcast subscribers. And that is that uh, increasing immunity, which is a 2MP3 meditation set, um, is half price until further notice. So go there and you can click on that thing. Instead of 20, it's 10. I want to give you a leg up on energetic consciousness, spiritual immunity, which will help your physical immunity as we head into the winter season and people sometimes tend to get what's going around and I want you to end that. Jehudi does too. <laughs> and uh, and also, um, you know, we're surrounded by f fears and panic, at least here in the U.S., panic about Ebola. And we also have mounting fears about terrorism and ethnic cleansing of various kinds. But the Ebola thing has really captured our fear-based imagination. And I want you to increase your inner foundation, the strength of your inner foundation. So I'm doing that uh, for a temporary basis uh, for a few weeks or for a month on uh, tdjacobs.com forward slash soul.html, the, the increasing immunity meditation. There's a teaching and then there's a meditation to use over and over again, both from Jehudi. They total about an hour. So um, moving into uh, this week's show, I do, I'm trying to do a, a kind of a current event thing, looking at a transit or two here and there. And I do want to mention that um, on Thursday the 23rd, when the same day the sun enters Scorpio, 
uh, and Venus enters Scorpio, there's the Moon enters Scorpio, and there's actually a, a partial uh, solar eclipse during that time. And the time of that will be uh, just about 2.56 p.m. Pacific time. And I just want to mention a little about that because right now the energy is building. The energy is building, the energy is building. Sun right now and Venus are sextile Mars and Sagittarius, which portends part of that story. Um, and now Moon is going to catch up and all three of these bodies are going to enter uh, Scorpio on the same day. So there's a, there's a real power-packed punch to this uh, Scorpionic uh, sense of, uh, you know, something's supposed to be renewed or something's supposed to be birthed out of the darkness, you know, an, a new moon with Venus. So it has to do with what's really important as well as others and what's fair, others in your life and what's fair, what's harmonious, what isn't. Um, and the energy of Scorpio is, well, many things, <laughs> but the energy of Scorpio is this um, sometimes a reactive energy, but if you understand what truly drives you, and if you understand what's happening under the surface, you can make peace with intense emotions and not have to be reactive. So I just want to point out to you that right now the energies are building for this explosion in early Scorpio, and I want you to get grounded enough to know that you don't have to explode, even if you're feeling intensely. Um, the subscribers to tdjacobs.com to my monthly service get all the details on this, and I did an almost half-hour MP3 uh, on that lunation, as well as uh, videos on um, on the Sun through Scorpio and uh, Venus's trek through Scorpio, and all kinds of stuff. You can get all that info through tdjacobs.com. The subscribers uh, to the service love it, and so uh, I just want to remind you that you can uh, you can uh, subscribe to that too. And if you have a, if you're curious, you can go to my YouTube channel and see. Older, from a few months ago, you can get five, six-minute excerpts of a, some subscriber videos to get a sense of how uh, deeply I go into things. Also, while you're there, there's a space clearing video that's new, energetic space clearing with rubbing alcohol and Epsom salts. So that's uh, that's I'm just I'm trying to give you as many tools as I can. That's why I'm that's why I'm doing all this stuff. Uh, so so that's uh, that's the current event. Um, and Mercury retrograde is um, is almost done. It's done as of the 25th. And that's in gonna you know it's stationing at 16 Libra, so um, we're wrapping up that period too as we have this new thing in Scorpio that might seem a little overwhelming, but it's a but it's a definitely possible to get grounded enough to uh, work with it intentionally and consciously. So moving on, I want to talk about uh, the experience I had lately. Uh, it was at the big the big blue house or the big blue inn here in Tucson, um, and it's a bed and breakfast. It's run by a guy that I know through. Uh, as I mentioned, my girlfriend's friend at work uh, is involved with this guy, and and um, it's uh, not that far from the University of Arizona, and it's kind of kind of a local landmark, and and people around here are aware of it. Not everybody stays here, but friends and family will stay, and you know, so people are aware of this place. And um, and the the owner reached out to me and asked me if I could come there and figure out what was going on with a spirit that was there. So I went there. Um, just about two weeks ago, and uh, my girlfriend actually asked me about videotaping it, and I, I felt self-conscious about it, so I said, I said, that doesn't make me comfortable. By the time we were finished with it, I was kind of kicking myself, because it's exactly the kind of thing that I, I wish I had videotaped, because I love teaching about this. But what happened is, I, I, what was going on with me when we went there, beforehand, when I said I'm not comfortable with videotaping it, or documenting it, is that 
I hadn't done it in a really long time and I didn't know if it would work. <laughs> One of the things that happens with me is um, I, I don't even tell you guys that I'm a medium because I don't advertise it because I don't want people to call me up and and ask me questions that don't fit with what I do. And so when I do advertise this as a service, which hasn't been for a couple of years, but when I do, I, I go into what exactly I do, which is not necessarily what people expect because of their experiences consuming media to do with mediums, like media, 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 media. So um, anyway, so I don't always talk about it when I advertise it. it. It is something that's really close to my heart because, well, as you'll, as I'll explain when, as I talk about this, but um, you'll understand. Um, but anyway, I wasn't sure if I'd feel self-conscious with the camera or whatever because I, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I took the guy's word for it that there's a spirit there, but sometimes you never know. So I went armed with Epsom salts and rubbing alcohol and uh, my, my little dish and, and aluminum foil to make cups and to light it up with a match. And, and that's what that new video on YouTube uh, explains, how to clear energy, because the alcohol will burn excess energy and the salts, Epsom salts, will absorb uh, excess energy and negative energy, just like when you take a magnesium salts bath or basically Epsom salt bath, magnesium sulfate, it's a drawing energy out of your body. Same thing, we're burning it. I learned this from my channeling teacher uh, 10 years ago, um, and I put it to great use. I teach people about it um, as often as I can, but I didn't want to put up a video because um, people some t tend to freak out when they have a flame that big in front of them. So I don't want to... Anyway, so I gave a little caveat on the video, you know, get used to it sitting in front of you burning on the table before you pick it up and walk it around. Like, get used to it. it you know, it's just a matter of becoming comfortable with it, but it's really great. It's much stronger than sage and clearing it, uh, and also cedar and other things, you know, palo santo. It's much stronger than, than other things. So, and I actually get a headache from using sage. So I didn't in the beginning, but um, I think it was kind of... A synchronistic way to push me to do this, the rubbing alcohol and Epsom salts, instead of sage, because it is that much stronger and I need to really clear things out a lot. Um, so anyway, so you watch that video, um, I think it's like 11 or 12 minutes on YouTube, and uh, you'll understand more about what I'm talking about. But anyway, so I took this there with the intention of teaching them, the owner and the other people who were working and living there, to clear the space on a regular basis, because even if they're didn't happen to be a spirit there, as I was told there is. It can happen that sometimes people think there are spirits when there's a, when there is something that feels heavy or negative or dense, which actually can be the accumulation of people's energies. Their thoughts and feelings generate energy. There is a residue when you know when people leave rooms. There's a residue. Well, we're talking about a bed and breakfast, which I've, if I'm I can't remember. There's six or seven rooms. Um, that, you know, that means people are coming in and out all the time, having their experiences, being happy, being sad, being frustrated, planning, plotting, scheming, whatever. And um, so I said, even if there is no spirit there, I wanted to teach them to clear it so that it can feel better to be in this space. So anyway, so I took it there, and um, and um, when we walked by the little guest, oh, it's time for a break. <laughs> I love doing that, by the way. Uh, it's time for a break. Stick with me. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey, and I will be right back.
wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, explains soul, life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. to the soul's journey this is tom jacobs i'm an evolutionary astrologer energy worker channel and also medium as you're hearing um located on the web at tdjacobs.com and on the planet in tucson arizona and i'm talking about a recent um space clearing energy clearing spirit rescue and release session i did at the big blue Inn here in tucson um which was not documented <laughs> it's a, it's really funny actually. My my girlfriend has a journalism background, as does her friend, and they're both Gemini's with, uh, I believe, both both with Pluto in the eighth in, in Virgo. So they have this uh, inquisitive aspect, and they both wanted to document it in different ways. And I said, hey, you know, uh, no, because you know I just need to do it and not have the distraction. But it was funny. I had two journalists there who weren't allowed to, uh, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't let to document it. So anyway, so I'm doing it for you now, explaining all this now. So um, when I got when we got there, we got a tour, and we walked by the little guest house, which is outside this this big house, and I did feel something a little weird happening there, and and the guy said, yeah, that's where the spirit is. But let me give you a tour. So we went inside the house, and I looked around, and the intention was to look around the house and kind of see if any I could feel anything else in the house and what's going on, and. Um, and so as we're going through the house itself, before even getting into the guest house, I, I just felt like I could feel two different things happening. One of them was a spirit who was actually happy and peaceful and fine and kind, uh, who just wasn't ready to let go of being in this house. She was one of the original inhabitants and in the family that had uh, owned the home and built it. And then also tons of just 
different kaleidoscopic, um, you know, kind of like tie-dye tapestry energies, just like tons of energy swirling together. So to read it really well, I needed to clear it, so I got out the the foil and the the uh, Epsom salts and rubbing alcohol, and and told them and taught and showed them what I was doing, and then did it. Um, and we did it in all of the rooms. And when I did it in the room where I knew the lady was, this this dead lady, um, I could hear her and see her after uh, that was complete. So we did that in all the rooms in the house. I talked to her and I said, "What do you need to leave?" And she said, "Oh, I don't I don't want to leave." And I said, "Do you know that you can go to another place?" And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of heard about that. It's, you know. So anyway, she was just attached to being there. And as it turns out, um, the the woman who's kind of the manager, kind of the caretaker who actually lives on the property had already interacted with her, I found out, uh, just after this. And they're kind of friends. And so I, you know, so that's a, that's a, a good experience of having a spirit in a house where it was just pleasant and they kind of chit-chat. And, you know, um, and so... You know, I was explaining to the owner and the other people with us that you don't force anyone to leave and you never tell anyone they have to leave, but you let them understand, you, you help them understand and see that it's not in the natural order of things for a spirit to remain hanging around on earth. It's just not in the natural order of things. So this woman, you know, I don't have any judgment and I didn't make her feel bad or anything. I just, you know, the, the deceased woman who was hanging around, I just said, you know, um, it's, you know, there's there'll be a time when you're ready to go, and then this is how it works. And she's like, well, you know, I kind of heard about that, but uh, that's okay. So so not enthusiastic about leaving, but I cleared this whole house. And people who were with us, the, the entourage, <laughs> the owner and the manager, and uh, the owner's girlfriend and my girlfriend, everybody felt the place feeling cleaner and, and more more light. And so, so I'm really hoping that they continue uh, to clear their space like that. Um, and then we went... Oh, and the other thing about it is that they, uh, the owner really goes out of his way to furnish the place with antiques. Well, that can carry energy as well. And once in a while, a spirit can be attached to a former possession that he or she had when alive. And that's what was going on in the guest house. So we went out to the guest house, and the manager told me that and this is not where anybody stays, but it's where people have the breakfast, part of the bed and breakfast. So there's like food and fruit and pastries and whatever kind of kind of around, and people come in and out. And they have this uh, this old table, and it's probably a little more than 100 years old. And um, and she said, when I come in here, I feel like I'm being pushed out, and I feel like I'm being attacked. And I tried to refinish the table, and the spirit that's in here got really angry and wouldn't let me, and I felt like I needed to leave in order to save myself. So um, so I kind of did a read on the place, and I had the – I cleared that space too. And when I cleared that space, you know, got rid of the normal day-to-day -day traffic energy of just people coming in and out of there, eating and talking and whatever. Then I was able to, to tune into this guy. So I, I did a um, – well, I just – I did the session there where I um, – asked him questions and I spoke and I described him, described what he was feeling and, and, and ultimately articulated what was happening, found out from him what he needed before he can relax and, and ultimately leave. And then, I, and then I taught the humans involved how to deal with him and how to understand what it means when a spirit is hanging around. So it was actually really successful and I, and I obviously I'm saying it for the 19,000th time, but I kind of regret not documenting it. Um, but here we go. This will stand as the document. So, as it turns out, the guy was attached to the table, and and I didn't um, 
get that until, so I was standing next to the table, and I was talking to him and kind of feeling what he was showing me, and he was showing me images about himself. He told me his name, and I was going through this whole process, um, which I've done a number of times, clearing houses, you know, finding a spirit in a house, or even finding a spirit attached to a client of mine, you know, and then uh, and then helping that spirit uh, relax and kind of figure out what is needed. It's basically counseling the spirit to help that help that spirit go into the light or or release the earth plane. And I did all that, and then uh, the fire went out, like the, the alcohol had burned away. So I went into the little kitchen next door where the other four people were standing, and um, as soon as I left that room, meaning I walked, um, you know, I went over eight feet to that door, and I went six feet into the kitchen, the guy was gone. Could not find the guy's energy at all. So I had totally been connected with him in the one room. I walked 15 feet away, couldn't find him, so that confirmed for me that he was attached to the table specifically. He wasn't in the place. So when I was in the kitchen refilling the thing, I told the people, I taught them some about mediumship and I explained to them, nothing happens to you without your energetic consent. And so if you think that you need to be afraid of a spirit, then spirits who have fear will attach to that or come to that and you'll be, your light shot, your light as an energetic being and a conscious being will have fear in it and fearful beings will come to you and and fearful beings sometimes react angrily so explain that the vast majority of beings are just confused they either don't know they're dead or they don't know how to get to heaven or they don't they, they judge themselves and don't feel that they deserve the kind of love that that is promised with the notion of heaven or the light that kind of thing so I basically taught the manager, and then everyone else was overhearing, um, how to work with a spirit, how to be clear and grounded and say say no when you need to. And, and you know, after all that we did, I think that was the most impactful part of the maybe hour and a half that we were there, because this woman deals with the spirit every day. And so she has a wonderful, this manager has a wonderful experience with the original owner of the house upstairs in the big house. It's a wonderful relationship, you know, with spirits hanging around. Nothing's wrong. No problem. Everything's great. And then she has the radically different experience of feeling attacked and pushed, pushed out and pushed around by this other spirit, feeling such hatred and anger coming from this other spirit. So um, anyway, so I fill up the, the fire again, go back in the room, pick up the conversation with him immediately. Like I didn't have to do anything, which, you know, means that the connection was open, but I had gotten out of proximity to the table so the signal was lost. Go back, stand next to the table, pick it up right away. And he shows me what he's wearing. He shows me what he wore as a young man for work. He, he shows me what he does for a living. He shows me, basically what he ends up showing me is that, and then he shows me what he wears as older and kind of how his life has changed as an older individual, you know, from being a, a laborer as a young man and a businessman as an older man. And he shows me, you know, what he looks like, what his face looks like, including a, a beard with no mustache, a longer beard. And um, as an older man, and he shows me that this table was basically the anchor of his family life. And within a several year period, he lost different people important to him, including a child who was a son who was a child and a wife and either a parent or a sibling or something. But he lost several people in a four or five or six year period, and he didn't really know how to grieve. And so he still didn't know. So um, this table represented 
the health and happiness of his family, which was his happiness. So uh, I was explaining all of this to the people in the room and letting him know that I was asking them to be more respectful of this table. Basically, I asked the manager, every time you come in here, when you notice a table, remember that this is something that's been very important to someone and that you're willing to be respectful. And uh, she said, yeah, I'm willing to do that, and I'm willing also to not ever refinish it. And I said, that'll really make him happy. Because, you know, what he sees now is that you're trying to change the thing that that is a representative of the health of his emotional life, you know, the centerpiece of his family. This, and it wasn't the spectacularly fantastic fancy table, but it was a symbolism, the sentiment, the sentiment attached to this table. So um, I, sh I talked to him about leaving, and he wasn't going to be ready for a while. So that's why I, I worked on, you know, what do you need? What? How can we approach this? How can they? How can the owner and the manager approach this table and, and this room? so that you can relax and allow everything to be okay. So so we got there uh, with that, and I had already talked to this woman about how to deal with him. And um, it was very encouraging, it was really, it was really great. Uh, but the idea is that now it's used for, you know, somebody stays for three nights at the bed and breakfast, comes in, has a muffin, leaves. <laughs> you know, somebody else comes in and has a banana and doesn't even stay. It's just like, um, you know, the in and out thing, the people not noticing this piece of furniture and not having any idea how important it is to him. So, so this guy's a spirit is attached to the, you know, is emotionally attached to the disposition of the table. And so I did, you know, several middle ground things, like trying to find the middle ground through the situation to try to help him relax and to help them understand how to deal with him. And uh, overall it was, uh, it was probably the most successful, uh, clearing I'd ever done, but the spirit didn't leave, even though the spirit didn't leave. It was the most, ex because I asked the people in the room to open their hearts and to have compassion and to consider, you know, something that, that they didn't, this was another part of the, the process for the guy, to, to interrupt his closed, closed circuit of grief. And I, and I asked him to observe them. And then I asked them, the other four people, to think about a time when they felt like there was no hope and they were really upset and things were really bad. And then they moved through it. And I asked them to think about that and have him observe that so that he would have an image of moving through a difficult time, getting over grief or sadness or heartache or depression or something like that. I did say to him that all of his dead relatives would be over on the other side and would happily welcome him. And he, he kept that kind of like keeping that in mind, but he was really in the moment focused on uh, the reality of his table and the adversarial relationship he was having with a manager who wasn't aware of any of this. And I think it's, I mean, one of the elements of that that stands out to me is that her, the, the manager's light is on, so spirits can see her. Basically, like, uh, if you're very intuitive or you're empathic or you have natural medium mediumistic uh, temperament or abilities... Um, you your your lights on. So if you can imagine like a video game where you're switching between players and there's like a little dot or diamond above the head, like in The Sims, and you and you it's like that. Like there's a little light above, and so even if there are a hundred characters on screen, one of them has a a light. One of them has the activation, and that's how spirits who are wandering the earth uh, find things. That's how they they come to people. So her light was on, but she did not know how to deal with it. 
And when a loving spirit came to her, she felt loving. And when, when an angry or afraid spirit came to her, she felt fear and had to be defensive, like honestly felt like she needed to defend herself. So um, I tried to help her see how to get grounded. And so what she didn't want to experience wouldn't come to her. But to realize that her light is on and sometimes spirits might come in. And to learn, you know, it's very important for us to learn how to deal with them. The other thing to, that, I, that I talked to her about was, and, and it's, I think it's really important uh, to include in this conversation for you, is that she, um, well, well, every bit of anger that a person experiences is rooted in pain. Anger is a protective or defensive response to pain. You've heard me say this on the show at different times. And um, the same goes with the spirit who hasn't crossed over, who hasn't transitioned into uh, reconnecting with divine love and divine truth and nature, divine nature. Uh, so they carry that same, they carry that same thing. So um, I wanted her to understand that encountering a spirit who seems angry, it doesn't mean you're in danger. It means that the spirit is responding to his or her own fear with anger. And so being compassionate toward them helps us figure out or get, you know, helps us open the door to be able to figure out what's happening and how we can move through it. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely check out this video on, I'm going to say it a fourth time, on YouTube about clearing space. Really critical. Um, the day after we did that, the day after we went to this, uh, the Big Blue Inn and did that, um, and I kind of had it in my mind, like, yeah, I need to make that this video public. I had made one about a year and a half ago, but uh, it was for students in an intuitive skills development class. And I thought I wanted to edit it or make a new one. And so I thought maybe I should, you know, make that public. And then my girlfriend on Facebook was interacting with somebody who was talking about um, the heavy energy in her apartment and how she just doesn't want to be there and she doesn't feel safe. And, did, you know, did my girlfriend have any tools? And so my girlfriend wrote me, do you have any blog posts or anything about this? And I was like, well, I'm actually already thinking about this video I made a year and a half ago. So I made it public and, and had had her send uh, that Facebook friend a link. And um, so anyway, it's really, it's really important. It's really critical to clear your space because you can have all the wonderful intentions in the world, but if you don't clear energy, you know, if you're not aware of what doesn't belong to you and you're not getting rid of it, then all of your wonderful intentions can be dragged down and sabotaged and diluted and swampified and um, mu mu made muggy and a sludgy and fudgy. So uh, really, really important to, uh, to clear energy, and that's why that video is now available. So that's uh, the end of my little mediumship story by Tom Jacobs, uh, what I did on my, Octo on my uh, early October vacation. So stick with me. I'm going to take another break. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. I will be right back. wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and Saint Germain, explains soul, 
life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Soul's Journey. This is your pal Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. If you're just catching this show for the first time, realize that you can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. Just look up the show title and my name and you'll see my uh, my little pensive mug uh, come up. Um, and also, if you get something out of the show, if you're listening once or you are a longtime podcast listener, now there are hundreds of thousands of people subscribed to the podcast, for which I'm very grateful. I'm really happy that this you know, the messages of the show are appealing and, and reach people. Um, if you want to support the show, you can do that. I appreciate all of your donations. The show does require investment of time and energy as well as uh, expense every month. And your donations uh, through tdjacobs.com are uh, very welcome. There's actually a PayPal setup on the uh, soul.html page, so tdjacobs.com forward slash soul.html, which is also where the uh, the uh, the deal of the day is with the uh, in increasing immunity MP3s for half price. So um, now I'm going to shift into talking about uh, connection and Neptune, Neptune and Pisces, the age of Aquarius, uh, having, uh, you know, being in transition now from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius. And I want to talk a little about what that means, but tell you that the inspiration for this uh, part of the show is that uh, I was listening to uh, On the Media, which is a public radio podcast that I that I listen to. Uh, it's produced weekly. I get it on the weekends. And I just heard it the other day. And there was a guy talking. Uh, there's a segment in the most recent episode, which I'll link in a blog post, um, about Marshall McLuhan. You know, his, his idea is 50 years later, that kind of idea. Uh, the media... Uh, the media, the medium is the message, that, that whole bit. And talking about, you know, because on the media is actually a critical thinking about all media, which is, I really love it. And um, if I hadn't done what I do now, 
and uh, the other 10 things I was interested in, I might have gone down that road for like cultural slash media criticism and, and analysis and that kind of thing. I really enjoy that. So this guy was saying that, um, uh, well, the, 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 the interviewer was asking him, what would McLuhan say about our relationship with, uh, with our phones and our tablets? And the guy said, you know, the, the very fact that when, like the people crave connection, and, the very, and this is proven or this is evidenced every time a, a commercial airliner lands and everybody reaches in their bag for their phone. And that got me thinking because this idea of connection, this idea of connection, and then I realized that uh, some of the things that connect us consciousness-wise or awareness-wise are things that are brought to us through media. So I sometimes think of a person's Neptune in his or her natal chart as a satellite dish for energies and information, probably non-linear non-logical information, sometimes sense impressions, right, or abstract impressions, but, the, but that Neptune can be a satellite dish for picking up frequencies around us. So as I think about the end of the Piscean Age, which is about hierarchies, it's about doing what you can to fit in, go with the flow, doing what you can to try not to think too much, and it's been around for about 2,100 years, and the, the, the triumph of the Piscean Age uh, is... Uh, organized religion that says, wait, wait, I, I know what God is. Hey, do this. <laughs> you know, like, uh, here, deform your bodies because God said so. Don't eat this. You know, like, uh, beat yourself up in these five ways because God said so. Like, all these kind of, like, weird things that when you look at them rationally, you're like, what? what? Anyway, so so organized monotheistic religion is the crowning jewel of the Piscean Age, which is um, stop thinking too much and don't speak up. Just go with the flow. Do what we say. Because in the age of Pisces, we are collectively trying to figure out how to connect, how to find ourselves part of the greater fabric of reality that surrounds us. That's fine. That's great. Um, but as we transition into the Aquarian age, you're supposed to evaluate with honesty what you're connected to. What have you surrendered to? And that's the transition phase we're in now. You can think of it in terms of Pluto and Capricorn uh, starting in you know early 2008 for for, you know, 15, 16 years. You, you can think about that of, you know, who's in charge of your life, where have you given power, call back power from structures, institutions, uh, you know, develop your own authority through facing your fears and really developing independence, kind of Capricorn, you know, self-reliance, independence, and uh, building something that, that can last. Um, you can look at it in terms of transits that way, but, but uh, and that's great. But also, um, a refiguring of what it means to experience Neptune. So basically we have this 2100 years of relaxing into the going with the flow and now this age of Aquarius starts to come in. I believe we're in a transition. I believe we're on, we're basically just past the cusp of where there's an overlap where perhaps one could say technically we may be in the age of Aquarius, but we all now have to get over our habits and predilections and our preferences that are kind of based in powerlessness about going with the flow. So we have this like Uranian wake-up call for all of us, which, you know, which this wake-up call is helped by transiting Uranus and Aries squaring Pluto and Capricorn, you know, seven times over three years. But those transits are not the whole story. The whole story is wherever you go with the flow, but it doesn't work for you, 
you have to figure out how to not go with the flow anymore and to develop an, a sense of independence. So in the Aquarian age, you need to connect, but you need to do that through conscious choice. You need to do that through a harmonic resonance, through vibratory resonance. What are you going to align to? If you're doing Aquarius energy, you must make a choice. Pisces, you need to give it up and go with the flow. So we're all in that position right now. So this this uh, this uh, gentleman's comments talking about uh, McLuhan, McLuhan's big idea at, at age you know 50 years later. Um, everybody wants to be connected, and this is evidenced by the fact that when a plane lands, everyone reaches into the phone, and it's like the technology of our smartphones, our tablets, our you know Wi-Fi enabled devices makes us feel connected. But that's a technology, that's a physical technology, that's a device. It is therefore, in my opinion, a symbol of what else is happening, which is our experience of being a collective and being connected already. And this is where I think about mass media, not the, the person using his or her phone or tablet or Wi-Fi enabled device and being online constantly, not that person, but the existence of the media that's available to millions and millions of those individual people. We are in fact connected. You are not alone, but we fear we're alone. So we create these things to try to help us feel like we're not alone. Well, you're not alone. Word of panic about Ebola is reaching you. Like, look at that as a symbol. Like, this is a piece of information, or look at it as symbolic. It's a piece of information that's coming to you, and the fact that it's getting to you proves that you are not alone. You are not isolated. So what Neptunian thing are you going to surrender to? Are you going to surrender to being porous, to having no boundaries, to doing what you're told or what you seem to be expected to do? This is the Piscean Age imperative. The Aquarian Age imperative is to wake the expletive up, realize that something is terribly wrong, be challenged, to, you know, basically have your hair on fire because you just can't deal with it anymore. That's the Aquarian wake-up call. Think about the process of Uranian transits in your life if you've kept up with those. You have to do something, but you have no idea what it is. You're instinctively uh, needing to reject what makes you feel hemmed in or constricted and confined, not free, you know, you know, grounded in the bad way, like stuck, you know, like a, a static. So the Aquarian wake-up call is your hair on fire that you need to change something. So what are you connected to? Are you connected to the grapevine that's telling you that we should be terrified of Ebola? I mean, are you are you connected to the grapevine that cares about what this celebrity is wearing or what that celebrity's, you know, phone was hacked? Like, is that what you're connected to? So part of my agenda here is to talk about how to be connected to the rest of humanity without feeling subject to basically the byproducts of the collective trying to connect together, meaning the crap that comes out over the mass media. The the thing about the, what the celebrity is wearing or what uh, this person said, or, you know, I mean, the other, the other thing, I was actually listening to something else and, and they're talking about the CEO of Microsoft 
who said uh, I can't remember his name um who said uh something about you know women asking for raises was something about the question he said it's not about asking it's about having faith in the system and they were and so he was lambasted because he was it was interpreted to mean that women shouldn't ask for raises that's not what he said like flat out that is not what he said um and so but here's this thing in the collective that's being set off because women are upset about unequal pay of course of course like of course but anyway you know his what he actually said was misinterpreted and read into and then he had to do this big apology and all this like all this kind of stupid stuff but that is some of the byproduct of what i'm talking about and what so and so was wearing and whose phone got hacked and you know who you know all that kind of stuff um and also all of the um fair and unfair criticism of politicians of each other like all of that is noise so what are what are you letting in what are you what are you willing to let in, in into your field what i want to get at is that all these things are symbolic of our need to connect and that we are actually connected but what we actually will traffic in what we'll actually accept as the as the connect connect connection is mostly mind-based stuff the vibration of which is upsetting so if you were to sit down every day and decide that you are going to connect with the rest of humanity in an energetic consciousness way that employs your energy field and your heart as well as your mind and everything else if you were to set that kind of intention this is a very neptunian exercise by the way and if you were willing to say yes to the vibrations that worked for you and say no thank you to the vibrations that don't work for you you would be seeding a positive neptunian presence in the world you will be connected through consciousness now what that means is that this person in public you run into or you're online behind who's having a bad day you don't cut yourself off from that person and decide that person's energy is crappy you know you decide to be compassionate toward that person you stay in your body you open your heart you don't send your core out of your heart to wrap around that person that's bad boundary crap but you hold space that everything's fine this person's having a bad day same thing with your friend your spouse your partner your pet your coworker your boss your mom your family member holding space having faith knowing that this person's behavior does not define who he or she is this behavior in this moment even things that are chronic and people you know and and uh, work with or, or live with or love even chronic things this is not who they are how this comes through all the time when i'm working with the beings i channel archangel metatron and ascend master jehudi is that when something sucks know that it's temporary that's like that's like one level of it the another level of it is the energies of others your old outmoded ideas of who you are your expectations those of others of you none of these things are who you are so you can't possibly use them to tell you who you are who you are is an energetic being and as we move into deeper layers of understanding what that means you must re you must know that your whacked out states 
<laughs> your personality malfunctions are not who you are. They also are temporary. So anyway, to be connected to all people, view other people as divine beings having different kinds of days. This will remove any issues about us versus them that I talked about in a show a few weeks ago about um, old, and if you're hearing this in your peak, you should go to the archives and iTunes. You should subscribe to the podcast, go to the archives to hear us versus them talking about different past lives of ours or other lives lived on elsewhere on the timeline that we typically call past lives. I call them our souls, other lives, which have a lot of tribalism that are now resurfacing. So people who are perpetrating ethnic cleansing, for example, you know, religious extremists who are, who are doing this kind of thing, um, they're experiencing it, and our pained reaction as a result is a, is, a pro, is a reflective that we are carrying this stuff. And so the more that you hear about this stuff, the more that you may have stuff surface that have to do with us versus them. Like I, I was visiting friends recently, and we were talking about um, – well, I was talking about this and how I kind of like having this stuff surface. I'm not a racist, but I'm having certain things surface about a couple of groups of people elsewhere in the world of, you know, one of them I know a lot about, one I don't know a lot about. But just like I'm having a reaction and how this is resurfacing. And, and they said, yeah, we have it. You know, uh, we have it with this other group. And then like my girlfriend has it with this other group. And it's just like, you know, we're having this tribal thing come up for healing. So anyway, if you view every other person as a divine being, learning a long-term process of going from making decisions based in fear into decisions based in, based in love, which is what every human being is experiencing, that's the divine mission of soul, which is God and goddess for every person, then you are connected. This person doesn't even speak your language. This person, you can barely understand him or her. Uh, this person has a different skin color. This person is obviously a very different religious background. This person is sending you us versus them vibes when you're not doing it. Look at each of these people as divine beings. Be willing to recognize your connection with them, regardless of skin color, you know, ethnic background, nationality, religion. That is being connected in a Neptunian way. Your phone and everyone else's phone and the internet and constantly available streaming video. <laughs> like All of these things are symbolic manifestations of our need to be connected. What I'm endeavoring to do here is explain to you how to be connected, connected, like actually connected. Skip the middlemen of these devices because it's not doing it. This is why whenever something comes up, you know, when new technology comes up that makes us feel more connected, we can't get enough of it, and people kind of spiral into being absorbed by it. I, I talked months ago, I mean, maybe four or five months ago, about the documentary I watched about a Second Life. It's, that's the kind of thing. It's like some people, not everybody, but some people will feel connected or feel like how great it is that I can fly or I can choose my appearance and not have to be who I am or I can... I can be this kind of person out loud within this game space, within this digital space, where I can't in my normal life. Like all those things, whenever something seems to enable us to feel connected and to feel authentic with others, 
we crave it, we may spiral into being obsessed with it and addicted to it. The same thing with relationships with these electronic devices. I'm not saying don't use them or I'm not like a Luddite or whatever. I'm just saying that it is symbolic, our relationship with these devices and what they seem to offer us. It, it, these are symbolic of our, of our need to connect. But I want to tell you, you are actually connected. You are already part of the fabric of life here in this cosmos. So, pause. <laughs> I'll just slide my little soapbox under the table here. I don't think you can hear it, but I'm doing it. Scooch, scooch, scooch. And uh, so pause. The age of, of, uh, of Pisces for about 2,100 years, going with the flow, learning to adapt. As we are in this transition, we're longing for connectivity. We are longing for connection because that makes us feel like we're not alone and that we're supposed to be here, that we're safe and we're loved by the universe, by the cosmos, by God, whatever, depending on what you're, uh, you know, how present your the last 6,000 years or in your past lives, like how present it is in your consciousness. Because over those years, like a lot of people think of it as God. But, um, you know, that there is a being or an environment in which we are, you know, that supports us or in which we are supported, we are connected, that we are valuable, that we are loved, right? This is a normal, natural human need. The scary part about leaving the Piscean age is leaving our habits and preferences about what distracts us from making our own choices and owning our divine power of making choices. So essentially, it's easy to get lost in uh, needing connection, but how do we how do we forge that in the world? It looks like give, giving up control over your life is how you be connect how you are connected. That's what's happening for 2,100 years. Now the transition to the Aquarian age is to make choices to connect in the ways that work best for you. So view every other person as a divine being, and that will help you wrap up your relationship with the Piscean age. Now find the right connections move forward. That will help you ease into the uh, Aquarian age. Now I'm out of time here. Thank you. Thank you for your time and energy. If you get something out of the show, go to tdjacobs.com forward slash soul.html and donate to support the show. I really appreciate your support. I love doing the show and yet um, it's important to, uh, to also for me to receive something in return for giving you this, uh, this free teaching uh, every week. Um, tomorrow I'm headed off to Vancouver, British Columbia for the Body, Soul, Spirit Expo, and I'm available the 27th through the 30th for in-person work and also the channeling events on the 27th and 28th. If you're in Tucson, November 2nd is another event. Check out all that through uh, tdjacobs.com, and uh, thank you so much for joining me. I will talk to you live next week. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.